Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of Objective Health. My name is Elliot, I'm going to be the host for today's show. I'm joined in our virtual studio by Doug, Erica and Tiff. Welcome to the show everyone. Hello. Hi. Right, so in today's show we are going to be talking about um, a topic which I think is very pertinent especially with everything that's going on in the world. If you've followed the show, then you know in the past month or two months, we've been primarily talking about coronavirus, about the social, political, kind of economic events surrounding that, um, and the repercussions that this might have on society at large and on us as individuals. Now, in today's show, we're going to be looking specifically at a phenomenon referred to as authoritarianism. This is, uh, by definition, a basic definition of authoritarianism is it can be broken down into three different three different kind of personality traits, you could say. And this is one is a degree of submission to established and legitimate social societal authorities. Another one is levels of aggression in the name of these authorities. And the third is level of conventionalism. So the reason we're going to be talking about authoritarianism today is because as the hysteria has built up over the coronavirus, as we've had more intensive um, social, social measures, social lockdowns across the world, um, what we've all been noticing, and there's been many different news articles coming out by the day, um, indicating that people are generally behaving in crazy ways. <laughs> they are well. They, they, people seem to have responded, or let's just say, uh, as all of this stuff has been happening in the world, it seems that there are certain people who display this kind of personality or this set of personality characteristics as you would define it as authoritarianism it seems that many authoritarians have sprung up out of nowhere and so we see that there are people who are now snitching on one another people who are blindly following all orders from any form of authority without questioning that and even worse these individuals seem to be reveling in the idea of enforcing that on other people as well. Um, and so I think that this fundamentally relates back to, to this authoritarian, um, yeah, this, this authoritarianism. So what we're going to be talking about today is, is you know, why, why certain people may have authoritarian tendencies uh, how that can affect society, how that affects the people who live in society, why that might affect some people and not others, um, and then how authoritarianism, blindly following authorities without questioning, um, can potentially cause problems for the collective um, humanity, right? So, yeah. Um, yep. What do we got there, guys? Well, it's... It has been pretty crazy, you know. I mean, it's always. I guess we could bring up the book by Bob Altemeyer um, called. It was just called Authoritarianism, wasn't it, or something? It, did it have a longer title? Um, mm. 
anyway, I forget the name, but if you look up Bob Altemeyer, <clears throat> he's a Canadian psychologist who has done a lot of studies on the authoritarian personality type. Um, and basically, um, he ran a lot of different experiments, I think eight in total, where he was kind of, and he came up with kind of a, a questionnaire that basically it, it's, it's made as if it's a pers- uh, not a personality, a, um, an opinion type questionnaire. But actually, it's, it's designed so that when you uh, evaluate the answers, you come up with um, a kind of a score of how much somebody leads towards this authoritarian personality type. And this has been around since like the 90s, I think. It's been around for quite a while. Um, he wrote it quite a while back. And at the time, you know, he was writing kind of about the fundies and neocons in the U.S., who tended towards kind of this authoritarian personality type. Um, nowadays, you know, I checked out his website and he hasn't really been updating it <clears throat> because I was curious to see if he would talk about the left-wing kind of authoritarianism that seems to have risen more recently. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, if you want a more kind of thorough investigation of what authoritarian followers are like and what um, how they are kind of different from those who are a little bit more free thinking. Um, it's an excellent book to, to read about. Well, it's certainly apparent when this first broke out, like who the authoritarians were. Well, maybe not so much. I think at first, a lot of people just got caught up in the fear. And mm-hmm. as time went on, people are starting to relax. There's only so long that you can be living in fear. Uh-huh. So I guess there was a bunch of people who right away fell for the whole scam or the whole nothing burger that this is. And they're, you know, washing their hands and wiping everything down with bleach wipes. Um, and then as things progressed, they started wearing the mask. And now that um, the lockdown is in place, and it's easing up now, but when the lockdowns came, like those people were kind of relieved and kind of look at people funny if they see them out and urging people to stay at home, blah, blah, blah. And now that people are protesting lockdowns, these are the people who are calling the protesters, you know, selfish, or you're going to kill grandma, and all you care about is money, blah, blah, blah. So these people, I, I don't know, I guess the responses that these people have to uh, the happenings that are going on kind of it reveals their personalities deep down mm-hmm. and I think that these are the people much more so than the elites at the top who are actually issuing the orders the people who are following the orders and wanting to make sure that other people follow the orders those are the people that we have to fear because the people at the top there's very few of those if everybody said no they wouldn't get very far it's the people Mm -hmm. who enforce everything that we really need to look out for Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. um this i think that's really an essential point to understand and there's um there's a couple of people you know commentators historians modern historians kind of thing going back to nazi germany um who have who have explicitly stated that you know that one of the reasons why the nazi authorities had so much power or um they were feared right and 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 it 
they they presented this image of having complete and total control um when in fact simply their technology at that time was was not sufficient to um to give them you know um all of the information about the population as a whole mm-hmm. um in a way that they were presenting it as but what i'm trying to say is that it was the authoritarians it was the um you know it was the citizen policeman let's say um your next door neighbor who would who would snitch who would yeah. be feeding information to the authorities which um which was essentially uh one of the you know the the the, the um it, 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 uh, sorry i've lost my track of thought well, yeah, just to piggyback on what you were saying, it wasn't that the Gestapo was going door to door and kicking in everyone's doors and forcibly pulling them out of the house. Of course, they did those kind of things, but most of it, it seemed like they were just sorting through all the information that was fed to them by people just snitching on each other. Yeah. And people, you know, uh, turning their neighbors in. I mean, that wasn't the the Gestapo. Gestapo encouraged that, but it wasn't like they were the ones that were at the front lines of everything. Yeah. And really, you don't need a police force or the um, National Guard in the U.S. to do your regulating if you convince your citizens to do their job for them. Mm Yeah. There was an interesting article, actually, on Spiked, Spiked Online, by Brendan O'Neill, uh, Brendan O'Neill. I think he's the uh, the editor of that site. It was called "Lockdown Fanatics Scare Me More Than COVID 19 mm-hmm. and it was an interesting article. Actually, Spiked has, has has actually been publishing a number of articles that are quite good at kind of calling out the um, hypocrisy of the lockdown and the the fact that the economic devastation is going to be much worse than the virus ever was. Um, But I'll just read like one quote from him. He says, here's why lockdown fanaticism unnerves me more than COVID-19. The coronavirus pandemic is clearly a very serious health challenge. Well, I I would disagree with him on that. But anyway, we'll we'll give that to him. Uh, It is right that we take it seriously and that we devote as many of society's resources as possible to ensuring that. Is this the right paragraph? I'm going to see you harshly. No, this is the wrong paragraph. That's the paragraph that I would disagree with him on. Um, Mm -hmm. But he says, the COVID threat is not the apocalypse. We were warned about Uh, its death rate is low. Its impact on younger people is negligible. Just 0.75% of deaths in the UK have been among under 40s. And the majority of those were people with underlying health conditions. Um, Sorry, guys, I lost the quote I was trying to say. I I know where you're going. I see (laughs) the quote that I think you want. This okay. Is, this it. is it. COVID is just a virus. It doesn't know what it's doing. It spreads to survive. But the lockdown fanatics are conscious human beings. They know or ought to know the destructiveness of the path that they are carving out for Britain and other nations. They know the economic calamity and antisocial culture of fear they are foisting upon society with all the mass unemployment, denigration of public services, and even death that this will cause. And yet they carry on. Is that, that the one? That was it. That was yeah. the one. Yeah. I, I got lost there somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I thought it was, uh, it was a kind of a good illustration of kind of the mindset of the authoritarian. It's kind of like they believe the authorities to such an extent that 
any consequences of believing them and acting in their name is completely brushed aside. Mm-hmm. You know, all the economic concerns, all the concerns of, of like health concerns that are going on right now are take a second place to um, what the authoritarians have, or, or what the authorities have said we must do. Yeah, like all these politicians who are enforcing these executive orders that aren't even necessarily laws. I mean, even if they were, they would be completely immoral and stupid. Um, and even all the celebrities who are on their Instagram and virtue signaling about how great it is and they're living in their mansions. And these dumb people that are <laughs> demanding that the lockdown continue, I guess you have to be like, completely in poverty like if you had a nice cushy desk job that maybe you had the privilege of being able to work from home during all of this maybe that does give you a bit of a cushion where you can't like empathize with you know a trash collector or somebody has to go out in public and actually make their living and work with other people not just widgets these people are demanding that the lockdown continue there's some celebrities, about 200 celebrities signed this letter saying that they don't want the lockdown to stop, which is just so bizarre. And it just shows how pampered and spoiled these people are that they think that it's okay for the entire economy to be shut down or for people to be in their houses and not be able to do their jobs. Yeah. Yeah, they're, They're very much living in a bubble. Uh, mm-hmm. In many ways, and for those, they they can um, quite easily work from home. You know, say if they are, say it's a bureaucrat of some sort, or you know, they 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 can quite easily plunk their laptop on their lap and and do their paperwork and be done for the day. Whereas it's not the same for manual, you know, people who work jobs, manual labour, binmen, all of these kinds of things. You know, people who work in restaurants for a living, who work three or four jobs. And yeah. rely on that daily, you know, on that on that monthly paycheck to feed their children. Um, mm-hmm. And so to hear, you know, it's ironic that they um, <laughs> that they feel that they they can they, they can make decisions for other people um, based on that. It seems like you know they're, they're very much entitled in many ways um, and privileged in many respects. That you know, relatively disconnected from the average working class individual, which actually makes up the majority of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I, f- I find interesting is, as well is, is the, the sheer force at which many of these authoritarian types are coming down on the general public. So in that article that Doug was talking about, he was discussing, um, if I remember correctly, he was, he was discussing an experience that he had or explaining one of his experiences in, um, was it Hyde Park in London? Oh, yeah, that was a different one. Oh, that was a, um, a different yeah. article, but it was on Spiked as well. It might have been the same author, actually. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it was. Keep it, talking, it, though. I'll find it. It was another one on Spiked. Yeah. It was by a guy called Brendan O'Neill on on Spiked, and um, yeah. So this individual basically recounting his experience walking through Hyde Park on a sunny day um, in late spring, and it would ordinarily be packed full of people, um, and he was talking about how you have these police officers, these individuals who essentially are patrolling the almost empty park um, and are challenging people for sitting underneath the tree by themselves, not within 
you know, not within kind of 20 meters of anyone else, not breaking social distancing. But in fact, you have police officers who are challenging this individual and saying, you should be at home. Um, and now he was explicitly saying that actually based on the laws in the UK, that, that this, this, this guy that he was, he was witnessing um, being picked up by this police officer, the guy wasn't breaking any law. But the police officer had, had quite happily taken the law into his own hands and actually kind of built upon that and enforced that, forced this kind of imaginary law on this individual who was not causing anyone harm, was not a threat to anyone. But it seems as though it was just purely the police officer exercising his power. Mm -hmm. um, and it seems that in recent times, I mean, we've been speaking about things like police brutality. And you, you generally see this. You see these authoritarian types who, who you know, will quite happily exert force um, and, and excessive force um, exert their power over people who, who they feel that... Um, are somewhat below them. But in this case, it seems that actually people, m many of these kinds of personality types are springing up out of nowhere. Um, and they very much take pleasure in enforcing that power on others. Um, well, I, have, I have an example of that. People seem to take pleasure of it. Uh, the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, yeah, she's a governor yeah, she, there. I mean, seeing the fact that she's a governor shows that she likes to be in charge of people, but she's actually taken this, like, really to the hilt. Uh, there's people in Michigan who are protesting the restrictions and the fact that they can't go to work. And she says, because people are protesting, she's thinking of extending it, like to punish them. Like, you naughty little slaves aren't following these directives and you're out protesting. So to punish you, we're going to extend it further than we said we were just because you're so naughty. That's unbelievable. So she's calling the people irresponsible. And we might have to actually think about extending stay-at-home orders, which is supposedly what they were protesting. Yet she goes around and she says that she respects their right to protest, but she doesn't respect it so much that, you know, she'll actually listen to what they're saying. She'll just punish them like the naughty yeah. little children they are. And this is consistent with the authoritarian personality type. And this is something that Altamir laid out uh, all those years ago. This idea that when someone steps out of the conventional box or when they, when they um, act in a way that is not considered normal or non-conventional, or in this case is in some way, you know, challenging, um, or in many cases, not, not challenging, but, uh, but, but essentially, that is perceived as somewhat of a threat. And, mm -hmm. and the authoritarian personality type will actually take pleasure in doing what they can to bring this person back in line. It's almost like it produces an internal sense of discomfort uh, <laughs> that, yeah. that people do not fit with the conventions and they will do all that they can to, to try to bring that person back in line. Um, and you see that as it's especially dangerous in the context of someone who does have authority, who does have power over others, or is in a position where they can exert that power. Um, it means that, in fact, um, anyone who does which wish to question the uh, the authorities, question the official narrative, and actually, you know, perhaps 
protest against that. They are, um, yeah, this is what they have to kind of, what they're up against. Mm. Yeah. It's almost like there's a segment of the population that doesn't really get civil liberties. Like they don't really <laughs> understand that concept. You know, it's like they kind of feel like they should be told what to do and everybody should do that. You know, there's a leader. That person has my best interest at heart. That person is, is in charge. So everybody should just do what they say we should do and everything will be fine then. Mm-hmm. And they don't recognize that these leaders are, you know, flawed humans like the rest of us, or maybe not like the rest of us, maybe even more flawed. Um, and that they don't necessarily have your best interests at heart. And they should be questioned at every decision that they make. They should be questioned. It's like, it's like they don't understand that. They're just kind of like they would get mad at somebody else for not following the rules because they're not following the rules. It's like everybody would be get, get along much better. Everything will work a lot better if we just follow our leaders. Those yeah. people are just as dangerous as the ones who do know what liberty is, but there are rules for thee, not for me. Yeah. Like uh, the guy who was having an affair with his married mistress, Neil Ferguson, the Neil one who Ferguson. came up with all yeah. the models. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he doesn't believe his own lies, but everyone else should follow him just because, you know. Mm-hmm. The rules don't apply to him. He's above the law. There's been multiple examples of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, with, with these types of individuals, it seems as though their primary value, what they value the most is authority. Mm-hmm. It's not truth. It's not liberty. It's, 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 they might claim or proclaim to value those things, and they mm-hmm. may actually display some value for those things. They may actually value those things to some degree. However, the authorities or the word of the authorities or, you know, the recommendations of the authorities come first. And it's almost like, you know, for, for a certain portion of the population, we can see that, okay, if the authorities are making sense, if they're kind of being rational and if they're, you know, telling the truth, then of course it's, it's, it's a good thing to, to kind of follow the rules. But at the same time, if the authorities are objectively bad, <laughs> you know, if the authorities are lying to us, if they're telling us to do things which make absolutely no sense, then we are of a right mind to question that. Mm-hmm. Because if you value truth, if you value honesty, if you value all of these other kinds of things, then that comes before the authority. Whereas with these exactly. authoritarians, it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. It's authority mm-hmm. comes first. And in fact, even if it doesn't make sense, even if the recommendations or all the guidelines or whatever it is, the laws even, even if the laws do not make sense, even if they do not objectively benefit anyone and in fact cause utter destruction, that doesn't really matter to the authoritarian. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't have the ability to, um, to see past. I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily don't have the ability to question authority. I think it's that they value it so much that they don't question it. I, mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure. It's a bit of a mind boggle for me. Mm. I think it probably is for all of us on the show. Because, <laughs> but well, I, I've, I, I think that people can argue that it's because of the school system and how people were brought up to believe in authority and respect the flag, respect your teachers, respect adults, you know, put your hand on the heart and pledge allegiance and all of that. But 
everybody pretty much on earth that are living at this time went through that sort of system, no matter what mm -hmm. country they were raised in. So I think it's something that is innate in certain people. Yeah. And yeah, we can't figure out what that is. I think that's true. They're trying to blame it as well on like helicopter parenting and stuff like that. Yeah. That the, you know, the, because the parents are basically in complete control of their kid's life, they schedule their play dates and all that kind of stuff. Um, and they're constantly watched. They're never on their own just to kind of figure out life on their own, that they are more likely to be more authoritarian when they grow up. Mm -hmm. But I don't know because like, you know, there certainly was strict parenting in the past, right? Like more, maybe not so much helicopter parenting, but really strict kind of like um, do it my way or you're gone kind of parenting. I'm thinking about like, you know, the stereotypical hard dad from like the fifties or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think that those necessarily would produce more author authoritarian individuals. I'm more inclined to agree with you is what I'm saying, Tiff. I think that, um, that maybe this is something that's actually just innate that, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there, there might be some influence by a parenting style or schooling or something like that. But I think that maybe some people just kind of have a spark in them where, well, mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to finish that sentence. Well, maybe also some people, they need to be hit with a sledgehammer over the head. And maybe for some people, this is not enough. Until somebody is at their front door jamming a needle into their arm, <laughs> they're not going to get it. And some people, even then, you know, they'll still go along. I mean, it <laughs> won't even have to come to that. But I think that in general, it takes a lot of energy and a lot of mental fortitude to be on guard and to be pursuing the truth and looking out for lies. It mm. takes a lot of effort to keep your eyes open. And plus you have to have some idea within you, even without anyone telling you like something that seems kind of fishy or something that, you know, this is not quite right. And if you spend most of your time just going along with the herd or watching television, that's a whole big part of it. If you're, you know, watching TV 12 hours a day, of course, you're not going to know anything. So why would you protest? You're just doing what the TV tells you to do. It's almost like Martha Stout's paranoia switch, like people's brains are being hijacked on that fear that you're talking about, Tiff, like the mm -hmm. TV or their environment, friends, family, you know what I mean? And all kind of clear thinking about questioning authority or critical thinking maybe is better word. They just go along with it because, you know, they're concerned about their livelihood or, you know, their families, you know what I mean? Or even really almost self-importance, like, well, how am I going to be perceived if I quote unquote rebel or, mm -hmm. or speak out against it. You know, it's, it's like, you know, no, seeing things on Facebook and not wanting to share them because you're afraid of the response that you're going to get the backlash, mm -hmm. you know, so it's acting out of a fear mechanism. Yeah. And, and I think in all, in all likelihood that that probably plays a really big role, um, whether it can, I think it it could it could you know like this is something that there's a lot of people have spoken about when when individuals are under in a state of fear then they are more likely to tend towards the kind of authoritarianism if that is there well they're more like likely to stick in line with what they're being told to do by the authorities but at the same time is that enough to explain 
you know, the, the sheer kind of divide that we see. I think in some cases it, some cases it, it is, um, but there also seems to be just a fundamental difference. I mean, for certain individuals, it seems that no matter how hard you try to get it through to them, they just cannot, they just cannot conceptualize what you're talking about. It's almost like it doesn't compute. It's like they almost do not have the machinery to be able to to think in a way that is not in line with everything that they're told by the authorities. It's like they literally do not have the capacity. And it seems like this fundamental difference, it's almost like a, a divide. I'm not sure what the percentage is, but you know, it seems like some people, like Joe was saying when we when we interviewed him a couple of weeks ago. You know, some people have a sense of individual autonomy. They have a sense of individualism in that they can they they can make their own decisions about what is true, what is not true, what they want to do, what they don't want to do, you know, and, and all of these other kind of things which relate to them as an individual. But then it seems like there are others, and it's difficult to quantify how many there are. I would hate to think. <laughs> but it seems like there's a, a large, large number of people who don't seem to have that ability. And, and in fact, for them, rather than this individual sense of autonomy, it's rather the authorities or this kind of like an external locus of control um, to make decisions, to know what to think, what to do, what to believe, what not to believe. They need to be told. They need yeah. to be told by some kind of guiding force. And I think historically, religion has, to a large extent, kept people you know very much being that authority figure right it's mm -hmm. been that 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 guiding force whereas in you know our modern world particularly in the west um as the the um the prevalence of religion has kind of reduced or it seems like that that way anyway the, you know people are embracing atheism and whatnot they are more likely to you know, these individuals, they need an external authority authority figure. And, and well, who's the authority figure? Well, it's the government, right? It's the mm -hmm. state. Um, and so fundamentally, it's like, well, okay, if, if you have these types of people who need this external authority figure and you take away kind of the local community, you take away, um, yeah, religion, you take away all of these other forms of authority well the only place that they have to look is the state is the government and 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 then yeah that's that seems to be what happens from what i can see yeah. there was actually i know we're running low on time but yeah. there was an article written it reminded me of what you were you guys were just talking about it was an article from like 2006 um by a guy named andrew schmuckler and um he was talking about, it was called moral and exoskeletons and endoskeletons. And it was kind of this idea that, you know, some people have this moral endoskeleton, which is like an internal morality, right? Where it's like they have an internal sense of what is right and wrong and how they should act, all those sorts of things versus other people who have a moral exoskeleton so that the morality is actually external to them. They need to be kind of told or it has to be enforced from outside that morality so be that religion be that government whatever it may be the moral um their moral standing is completely dependent on what they're being told from outside so just kind of uh and it was an interesting um article uh, i haven't read it in quite some time but um 
kind of just a different way of, of looking, uh, talking about the same thing, more or less. And we see how, how that is actually a, a really important concept to try to get your head around uh, in the context of social or, or collective events which have happened in the past and which we may be moving towards now, mm-hmm. which, you know, an example, I mean, we've already spoken about it, Nazi Germany. Right. And, and you wonder, I mean, when people read that in the history books, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to know how people believe that that came about, you know, how people believe, because if you ask anyone on the street, you know, 99.999% of people, aside from those who proclaim themselves to be Nazis, you know, the large majority of people are going to say that they would not have supported something like the Holocaust. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you have a large proportion of German citizens, you know, seemingly accepting that and not doing anything about it and actually supporting it. It's like, well, if you take into consideration this idea of the moral endoskeleton or moral exoskeleton or authoritarianism, the people who need that external morality or rely on that external morality almost, well, when that external system of morality is good then they are good, right? Whereas when you have a situation that becomes pathological, you have Mm -hmm. the authority figures no longer are good, but in fact are highly um, pathological. You have Hitler, you have communist Russia, etc. When they become the authorities, that fundamental drive or that that fundamental kind of, you know, the, 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 the... this authoritarianism, the people who follow those authorities, who look to that external source for that morality, well, they then adopt the same values as whatever authority figure is currently in charge. And if those values are pathological, you know, if, if they are unhealthy, then that is what these authoritarians or this kind of the moral exoskeleton portion of the population will adopt. That makes any sense. So then exactly. you have a situation where things can go down very downhill very quickly. You can go from a previously healthy society to actually, you know, setting up the stage for some terrible atrocities to occur without many people bl- blinking an eyelid. Mm. Because, yeah, it's it's well, it's a real frequently mess. It, it creeps in so slowly that most people if they're not paying attention they don't really notice what is happening like the, the the window just moves over ever so slowly like we've been doing this show for what six seven years <laughs> long time and, you know there have been people around who have been looking into this kind of things for 20 30 years for you know, longer than a lot of us who have been born. So to us, it's not really a surprise. We saw that they were laying the framework or the foundation for what is happening right now for years and years, like way before we even started doing the show. But most people don't pay attention to that. And so to them, it just seems like, oh, okay, another year passed and another year passed. But for us, we look at it and we see the slow creep of everything that's been coming about. And unless you've studied history or you've talked to your ancestors who have probably like lived through tyranny, you have no idea. Yeah. And it's easy to fall into the trap 
Very easy. Especially when your comfort is at stake, you know, mm -hmm. like, well, I can just stay home and I can watch my Netflix and I can, you know, use my toilet paper or whatever. I'm okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, but it's like any sort of looking into the future about what these kind of laws and control mechanisms will mean in 10 or 15 years. It's like, oh, that's a no-go subject. You know, mm -hmm. I don't want to think about that. Everything's going to go back to normal, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, and it's really, I mean, I even said recently to a coworker who, uh, you know, said, oh, I just can't wait to get back to normal. I said, well, do you remember 9-11? Because this is like 9-11 on steroids, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And then, oh, you think so? You know, completely shocked. Didn't mm -hmm. even think about the possibility that, you know, we wouldn't go back to normal. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of, I know, I know we're coming up on time now, but um, just reminds me of something Jordan Peterson has said in the past. I think it's, it's really important for us all to keep a, a close track on reality keep up to date with what's going on and the, and, and the developments and actually observing other people, observing the social dynamics, observing the authoritarians. It's a very important exercise. Um, and, and it, yeah, brings me back to talking about authoritarians. This John Pearson in the past, if I remember the, the, the example he gave is about uh, an SS officer or being like a, a Nazi officer in the concentration camps. He says, you know, like if you believe that you would not be one of those, you know, if that, if that would not be you, then the chances are you probably would have been one of those. Right. In that we all have these tendencies or we all have, the, there's, there's always the possibility that we could very much go down that path, you know, it's, it's an easy path to take and that we have to continually kind of, um, you know, observe reality, observe what's going on and keep a level head so that we're not swept up in the hysteria. And so that we are not, um, yeah. So that we don't lose track of ourselves. Right. So we don't lose ourselves. Um, if that makes any sense. Mm hmm. I think, um, does anyone else have anything else on this topic they want to say? Hmm. Well, not anything that can be summed up in a short <laughs> amount of time. Uh, I think that a lot of these order followers or these people who think that they, it couldn't have been them, I never would have been an SS guard or a member of the Gestapo or the Brown Church or anything like that. I think that these people who actually were, it's like they've compartmentalized their minds, like they're following orders and it's not really them who's carrying out the orders. It's just some like robot that steps in and takes their place. And then at the end of the day, they can go home and have dinner with their families and not even think about the fact that they just, you know, delivered an electric shock to somebody or something like that. But I think that people who are capable of doing such things, I don't think that they think that it's them who's actually doing it. It's like some entity called the government has taken them over and it's the government that's acting through them. It's not them personally. Maybe that's how they rationalize it. I don't know. 
Anyway, mm. that's all I have to say about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, if that's everything for this week, then, yeah, I hope people found that interesting. Um, keep a close eye out. I hope that now, you know, this, if you haven't already looked at Bob Altimer's work, then take a look at it. Um, I'm pretty sure the free ebook is online or it's a free like PDF of the book. It's been a couple of years since I read it, but it's an excellent book. Um, and it does give you good insight into what is what you might be seeing and you might not be able to make sense of. I know it can be, you know, very confusing to see the way that people behave. And at the same time, it can make you really frustrated. But if you have a bit of a better theoretical understanding of the kind of thing that goes on or the the kind of driving forces behind that in terms of psychology, then it can help you to understand it and actually to observe it um, and to avoid it. Right. So yeah, as always, knowledge protects. Um, And if you don't remember anything else, remember snitches get stitches. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And in times like these, you know, (laughs) we have to be cautious about, you know what we're doing these days because there you never know around the corner there may be someone who is jumping on the opportunity to you know to snitch on you kind of thing yeah. that wouldn't be good would it <laughs> no, no. <laughs> not wearing a mask <laughs> yeah so okay if you like this video or you found it helpful please like and subscribe to our page you can find us on facebook um and we'll be making another show like this we put one out most weeks so yeah If there's any uh, recommendations, drop them in the comments. And until then, thanks to my co-hosts. We will see you next time. See ya. Bye, guys.